Welcome to Life and Godliness. I am your host, Joanna Simpson, otherwise known as Josim. So many of us are struggling, stuck, lost, wounded, and hopeless when Jesus came so we could be free and live an abundant life. He wants us to enjoy him and enjoy life. But how can we truly do this if we are bogged down by life's problems? Well, Life and Godliness with Josim hopes to help persons enjoy life with Christ by sharing Christ-inspired solutions to everyday problems and digging up deep-rooted mindsets that skew our perception of the Father. To quote a popular artist, life is hard, but God is good, and he's patient in our journeys. So join us as we talk about life and godliness. This is part two of a two-part series. Welcome back to Life and Godliness with Joe on this, um, the second part of this episode on healing from self-rejection. We have Denzi Gaudi, and she is a YWA missionary with a strong prophetic gifting. She is passionate about the millennial generation, which is my generation, hey, 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 <laughs> and believes that God has something significant to do in our generation. I'm glad to have you back with us. All right, so we're just gonna jump back in. I believe that when the church begins to embrace this and understand the way out of self-rejection, it's not bravado, but healing. Yeah. In other words, standing up and shouting and taking placards and making affirmations doesn't change your heart. What changes your heart is reversing the process. And as you say, it takes time. But it can be done, and it is real and true healing that only comes from God. It is replacing lies with truth. And the fundamental lie that we have as a, as a, as a church, as a people, that it undermines the power of the gospel is the issue of the worth of black people. Because we literally, as you say, we don't want to, to, to focus on our past because the only past we know is slavery and that makes us worthless. So we are trying to reinvent ourselves. But the fact is that we are a race of people that God designed. We are his offspring. We are his people. He has a purpose for us. Mm-hmm. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the broken body of Jesus Christ, was shed to redeem us. That when Jesus died on the cross, you know, in Psalm 22, it says um, something about all posterity. When he died on the cross, he was looking at all that would come behind him. And slavery and our trauma and our suffering is part of that. So we need to appropriate the cross for real, not as a means of escaping this world but really as a way of becoming whole and recovering our humanity so that we can truly become sons and daughters of God, walking in a worth and value that we have learned anew. So how do we get to this place of inner healing? Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? The fundamental problem with all rejection is that rejection is painful because it is a lie. The human, the human spirit is designed to be in fellowship with God Almighty. 
that we are to actually get our information about ourselves from God. So when God designed human societies, he, he's, his original plan is that Adam and Eve would know him. And when this innocent baby comes into the world, the innocent baby would experience God through his parents until he's old enough to understand and to relate to God for himself. But what his parents would teach him is what God had taught them about themselves. When a human being finds out that he is the living offspring of the eternal God, when a human being finds out that this God is in pursuit of him, when this human being understands that no matter what section of this broken planet you have found yourself in, the spirit of God, first of all, the cross has paid a price to undo everything that has happened to you. And the Holy Spirit can restore every part of you that has been damaged and broken. But it requires your cooperation. You have to say yes and you have to agree. And that is the essence. This is the process. You know, one of the words that I have come to understand in a very different way than when I started out as a Christian, as a teenager, is the word sanctification. Sanctification is a word that we have used to set perfectionist ideals upon ourselves. But that is actually not the heart of sanctification. Sanctification is returning us by the process of healing and remaking our minds, emotions, and wills, restoring them from the, 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 the mess they have become because of what we've lived what we've come to believe, and re returning it to truth. So, so all of sanctification is inner healing. There is no way to do right without first believing right, without first having an inner landscape that is based on truth. If you believe a lie, you're going to act out the lie. And no matter how hard you push it down, it doesn't go far. And that's why there is so much duality in this part of the world in terms of not just us, but other societies like ours, where there is such this kind of brokenness. There is a duality in our Christianity. We go to church and we sing the songs and we speak the words, but when we go home, we are different. We can't sustain it because it's not who we are. So the whole process is us coming to truth is us coming to truth in the inside. And the fundamental truth the human soul needs to know to be healed is that God made you good. Sin is the condition that you've inherited based on the fall of man. But you are, by design, the offspring of God. And every capability is in you when you receive Christ to be returned to what God made you to be. So I've, I've just but the first thing you have to know is that God loves you, that you are the object of his desire and his every intent is to recover you. In the offspring, um, mm. you know, it says that 
essentially, I can't remember the exact verse, but, you know, when we come to know Christ, that is when we can call God Abba Father, you know? Um, that's when we are made children of God. So how can we say then that we are the offspring of God? It's in the Bible. The Apostle Paul said so in Acts 16, verse 27. But the point really is this. You're, the lens through which we look at the Bible. So, for example, let's go to Luke 15. In Luke 15, Jesus tells three stories, and we all know those stories by heart. The last sheep, mm -hmm. the last coin, the last son, or the prodigal son. Anybody, and it's only recently that I read that chapter from the beginning. And at the very beginning, it tells us why Jesus told the story. Jesus told the story because people were asking him, what are you doing with those people? They are sinners and publicans. You're a holy man. What are you doing here? And Jesus, <laughs> ah, Lord, I, I can imagine him saying, okay, how do I explain this? Luke 15. He begins to answer them by telling him the story of the last sheep. Mm -hmm. He says, what am I doing here? And he says, there's this man. He's a shepherd and he have a hundred sheep. He owns the sheep. The sheep are his. And one of them strays. What does he do? Leave the 90 and 9 in the open field. Put them at risk. Because no shepherd will leave them sheep in an open field unprotected. That is madness. But he leaves them in the open field. And then he goes and searches and does not stop until he finds the sheep. I just, you know, as you said that, and I'm just, you know, kind of imagining it in my head, you know, mm -hmm. leaving the 99 and going in search for the one. I think about my own experience, you know, um, and, you know, you, you grew up in a, well, I grew up in a very loving environment, both in family and in church, but still experienced a lot of rejection. And then, you know, as a result, left God. And... Um, um, you know, you went, went through that period of you kind of, I mean, I rec like I found a diary where I saw where I was still talking to God in my rebellion, <laughs> but you know, you go, you, you, I went my ways. Um, and eventually I would say, God, he pursued me and he found me. And, you know, as you were talking, I kind of see, you know, it's like Jesus, he gets, he got the sheep now and he's returning the sheep to the fold. But because of the wandering of the sheep, the sheep has experienced a lot of stuff in the wild. You know, yes. it could be a bruised sheep, you know, probably some of his wool gone, maybe have a cut hair, yeah. you know, he could be limping. He could have even been in a ditch, <laughs> you know, when Jesus found him and maybe that's how he found him because he was stationary, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, just the type of, you know, God found him. But in finding him, there is still a healing process that needs to happen. Exactly. But the big symptoms of self-rejection, which is the incapacity to trust God. The one of the problems with self-rejection, you remember we learn about ourselves, but we also learn about God from our social interaction. For a child, God is just a grown-up, bigger. So whatever you, whatever you experience from them, you attribute to God. So if they have rejected, then in your mind, 
God has made you something that is not worthy of love. Mm. And that is not a good person. So here is the deal. The fundamental problem of self-rejection is that it alienates the heart from God. And that is what Jesus was demonstrating in those stories. Jesus was demonstrating a sheep that went off by itself, a son, the prodigal son, the son that looks at his father and says, give me what I want. I have no value for you. I just want what you have. The alienated heart. Until that root problem is addressed, we will always have that lens through which we interpret scripture. Because our fundamental belief is God has rejected me. So I am always looking at scripture from the perspective of God has rejected me. What do I need to do for him to be pleased with me? Jesus was showing in this scripture that though the alienated heart exists, it is the father who initiates the search. Why? Why? Because contrary to the heart of the alienated sheep and the alienated son, there is an aching and a love and a longing in the heart of the father that would make him do the unthinkable of giving his holy son the treasure of heaven to rescue you. And that is to speak to your value. That is the undoing of the lie that God doesn't place any value on you. In order for us to be healed, that is the fundamental thing that we need to know that this God whom we have learned of from white people does not have the heart of sinful white people. Their sin is their sin, but the gospel that he gave is his heart for us. And he is the one who sent Christ. And he is the one searching to find us and to heal us and to to mend our wounds and to give us truth in place of the lies we have believed about ourselves and about him and about our prospects in life. To teach us the truth is that we are human beings and as such we are his offspring. We are the only family God acknowledges in scripture. We are members of the household of God. And you did not become that as a Christian. It says so in Genesis 3 and it says so in the cross and when Jesus was talking about the parable of the son. The son was a son before he left and his degraded life because of his alienation did not change the fact that he was a son. He was still the same person. He was just living out of lies. And the scripture says, when he came to himself, he said to himself, my father is a good man. And that, that is what makes the alienated heart go back to God. To see God differently 
God did not saddle me with this suffering. People did. People chose to do this because they are broken too and they are living out of their book. That is the definition of this earth until Jesus comes. That is truth too. That people sin. But the truth is that God has made a provision to heal us, to restore us, and to enjoy us as sons and daughters, and that we should enjoy him as our father, because that is all he has ever been, our father who loves us. God wasn't rejoicing the day when the slave people came and threw chains on our ancestors and children. God was in weeping and in tears. Because God saw what it would cost him for generations. But God had already on the cross made reparation. God had already made propitiation. And he says, I'm going to follow them. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to give them the gospel and return them, their hearts to myself. I, I, I mean, I just, I, just, I just have to ask. But why didn't God stop it at that point in time? That is something we have to come to terms with. God said, let us make man in our image and likeness and give him dominion over the works of our hands. Human beings have a great privilege on this earth. And that privilege did not, we didn't lose that privilege when we fell. We are still, this earth runs according to what we choose. God mitigates, God redeems, but human beings have the right of free will. If not, you could not get saved. It has to be your choice. That is the thing that God is after. Human beings who choose to honor him as God, human beings who choose to own their will, but yet subsume it. To the will of God because he is good. His thoughts are good. His ways are higher than mine. And so I will do what he says. But that is those of us who have been reconciled. Everybody else is alienated from God. And is out there doing what they feel like. And that's the history of mankind. From the fall until Jesus returns and establishes the kingdom. So I know you kind of spoke to the process of sanctification as, you know, kind of a part of the inner healing process. Well, could you walk us through? I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a steps tired of person and maybe, you know, there is a, a larger um, kind of space that need, this needs to be put in. For me, you know, but, um, no, I, I, I agree with you. How could we, you know, if we want to go through inner healing, what are some of the practical steps that we can take? You know, what are some of the things, how, how can we believe some of these things? Because, you know, um, sometimes people say, okay, just say these words. Um, you know, does that work? You know, I mean, what are some of the things that we can do to, to, to accept ourselves in the way that God has but, intended? Yeah, the fundamental thing is, is to, to realize that the pain you have experienced is not from God and it is not God's statement of who you are. Everything you've learned from pain is not true about you and it is definitely not true about God. 
but you don't know necessarily what the truth is. So what you have to do is first acknowledge it. That God, I am in pain. I am in pain because of people. So it's first facing your pain, acknowledging your pain, acknowledging yeah. your feelings. And in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's important because sometimes as Christians, you know, I've been speaking about this more and more, we tend to quickly um, apply what at the moment I will call religious platitudes, but it's really scriptures without mm -hmm. really engaging our pain, you know? Right. So I was reading something in this and it says, to reject your feelings is to reject yourself. Mm. So that is one of the symptoms of self-rejection, that we don't acknowledge our feelings. Mm. We try to spiritualize and to move on and to find a way to fix it. But you are a person and your pain matters to God. What you have been through at the hands of people. Look here, when the Bible said the wages of sin is death, we always think it's just our sin. Our sin. But, yes. Mm -hmm. But death is what any human being deserves who does not love as God loves. That is what sin is. Sin is refusing to put others above yourself the way God does. It is refusing the character of God. So anytime... We out of vanity, I take a peeve, anger, unrestrained self, lost. Whenever we harm a human being, we incur that upon ourselves. That is the value of human beings. That's what makes God mad. Not pants and cigarettes, except for the fact that cigarettes will kill you. Because it is human life that is God's highest priority in this earth. You are God's highest priority. The Bible says it is not angels that he gave, that he redeemed. It is man. The angels had sinned before us and Jesus never came for them. Jesus came for us. And I think that's another important point to note in terms of humans are God's highest priority in a sense because again i feel like as christians um it's very easy to just focus on everything is for god um which it is you know in terms of god has created us for his purposes you know he has a plan he has a purpose etc but i feel as though sometimes we skip over the fact that he he actually does value us and he has actually made us a part of that plan and those purposes yeah but this is the point of the issue that is the center that's the place where you begin Knowing the value, knowing your identity as a human being is the place where the healing begins. It is the first piece of solid ground you will ever encounter in this earth. The truth about you is that God created everything else by speaking. When he made you, he breathed out of himself into dirt and you became a living being. Man, that is not just creation, brethren. That is procreation. Part of God comes out of himself to form me. And that gives me a preciousness to God. And it gives me important capabilities as a human being. But I have lived a lie. I have been 
feeling and being made to feel as if I am only as good as my look or my skin color. And God has made such diversity on the planet. It must be evident that that is irrelevant. Yeah, I said the truth, the, th the most important thing, the place we have to begin is what the truth is about us as human beings. Because that is the healing. We are not. We always knew we weren't chattel. But after being separated from Africa for how many years, we didn't have any, any long-standing sense of where we belong. Mm. But here is the deal. As a human be being, your lineage predates Africa. It predates North America and Europe. It starts with God in the garden. Mm. And he's our father. And that family is the place you belong. That is the thing. The God who made this whole world, who sustains it by his breath, by his will, is the God for whom you are of ultimate priority. And he made that priority clear by sacrificing Jesus Christ, his own son and equivalent to restore and redeem you. So the truth about us is found in the presence of God. And a lot of times when we pick up the word to read it, we don't see the truth because we are seeing it through the lens of our brokenness. We are using our first principle of rejection to read the word of God. And so what we have to do is come to God and let God teach us anew who we are. And that teaching us who we are is our healing who we are. I have never seen a human being come to God and ask him for that. And God does not do it. The truth about us is the thing that heals us. It is our healing. It is our wholeness. It is our holiness. Because when we know who we are, we will live out of that identity. We will live out of the character of God. We will want to because we know who we are. So steps, I would say, that's the first one. All right, it's telling, it's the, the, the fundamental thing is, it's being reconciled to God and saying to God, I have been hostile towards you in my heart. I, haven't, I have blamed you for my suffering because you have made me, I felt you made me in some way that I was not worthy of love. You know, what you made me has caused me pain. And then just acknowledging that that is not true. You, and you need to be honest. If you don't really know the full truth, say, God, I don't know the full truth, but I do know what I believe is a lie. Too painful not to be a lie. So teach me the truth about who I am. Teach me who I am. Teach me who you are and heal my heart. And then usually God is going to point us to the people who have caused us pain. And one of the things that when we begin that process of forgiving is to recognize that it's a small set of people that have really hurt us. It's not the whole world. We have had what, what um, psychologists and people call defining moments where in a particular circumstance or a particular relationship, someone has hurt you deeply, caused you so much pain that you generalize it. And you drew conclusions from it that are not true. So forgive those people and ask God to show you what the beliefs are that you have formed out of the pain. And then comes the process you know, of exchanging 
those lies for truth. What is the truth? I'm not ugly. I am the uniquely made child of God. Anybody who disagrees with that can take it up with God. They are the sinner, not me. Oh. And then ask God to heal you of the wounds that the pain that have come from the pain of people's sin. You know, when people sin against us, we generalize the attributions. We make it about us and about God when really it is about the sin of a particular person. They have sinned. And God doesn't want you to have them up for it because that's not helping. That is wrong. What God wants for you to do is to release them and turn to him. That everything that pain has cost you, you ask God to restore it to you. Lord, restore my self-confidence. Restore my joy in being myself. Restore my optimism, God. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I have shut down my spirit. Can you please revive it? Because I don't know how to be open again. Lord, I have passed up opportunities out of fear of rejection. I have not done, stepped out on the things you told me to do because of my fear of rejection. Lord, forgive me, heal me, and restore to me the opportunities I've lost. God, I have turned on myself, blaming myself, not wanting to be what you have made. Eternal God, everything you make is a gift. I am a gift to my family. I am a gift to my father. I'm a gift to my mother, to my brothers, my sisters. I'm a gift to my society. Because me being myself is you loving them. Work afresh in me, O oh God, that I will be willing to be myself to let you out through my smiles, through my talents, through my prayers, through my tears, through my willingness to engage. I'm just, mm. you know, kind of soaking it in as I believe that this is a word for everyone, really. You know, that in, in many cases, many of us are suffering on the continuum of self-rejection, you know, from absolute self-hatred to you know, maybe just struggling with it in a particular area of life or so. And so, you know, I'm trusting and really hoping that, you know, just even the steps that we've, we've spoken about and the mindset shifts that we've also spoken about, um, you know, will truly, we will truly be able to utilize and implement as we walk with God. Because, you know, even as you spoke and you're talking about the fact that our rejection of ourselves, you know, um, influences the lens through which we view the Bible and what God is saying. I mean, that, that's very, that's critical because if we view the Bible in a particular way, it means that we will believe certain things about ourselves, but then it will translate to how we interact with others and what we say about the gospel and how the gospel is represented both in speech and in action. You know, mm -hmm. and so this kind of, um, well, mindset shift, this kind of vulnerability, because, you know, even as you spoke about the, the whole process of inner healing, 
this is a certain level of vulnerability that's painful. You know, it's not necessarily um, a pretty or easy process. It's, it, you know, especially if we have spent a lot of time and many years in living in a space of being numb, um, mm -hmm. to now get to this place of facing our brokenness, facing the pain. You know, I know in, in times past, sometimes, you know, when you, when you think about it, sometimes it literally feels like a wound in your heart that you can, it's like, it's oozing, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, God has to heal that and God, God will heal it. And God, you know, I, I loved what you said in terms of, you know, that God, despite the horrible actions of uh, um, those who enslaved us, God journeyed with us to wherever we went, you know, um, we learned of him, you know, in, in our, in the different forms and the, but he is, his plan was always to restore us to himself and to heal us. And it's interesting because I'm definitely hearing that. And I'm talking specifically about us as black people, um, which, yeah, us as black people, I'm definitely hearing more of, of, of persons in the church talking about, you know, what God wants to do with this black race. I was just about to pray this before. But one of the other signs of self-rejection is what I call self-perfecting behaviors, where we spend our time, our money, our lives, our energy trying to achieve things that make us acceptable. And when you look at our society, what we need to repent of, what we need healing and deliverance from is the need to have and to achieve in order to be worthwhile. Mm. So that instead of using our lives to accomplish those things, we would be free to give our lives to God for what he has in mind and in store for us as a people. Over attention to here, clothes, cars, houses, education, qualification. Those things are good when they serve you. But when they can this is a pattern. One of the patterns of self-rejection is this digging yourself out of the hole. All of effort to make yourself achieve and to, you know, see I'm better than that. I, I, you know, I did this, I have that, and I'm not this. And it is a waste of our lives. And the evidence of our deliverance as the people of God is that we are free of that pressure. We are free of the slavery of the eyes of men. And we are free to give our lives to God for the purposes he has established for us as a people, as a nation in this season. That I believe is the word of the Lord for you millennials. Now, the things we do must be done out of the will of God, not out of our desires to be socially acceptable or to provide for ourselves. We have a father. He will establish us 
and he will teach us how to prosper. of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father.
So, I mean, I mean, this has been a lot to digest. And I'm just going to ask you, just pray over ourselves and our listeners, right? The listeners, um, the persons who will be, um, yeah, I'm just going to ask you to pray for us. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that this is your idea. That you are the one with the plan to heal us that you have come after us to father us. And Lord God, we, we open ourselves, oh God, and we say to you, pour out your healing grace upon your children. Pour out your healing grace, oh God, upon every one of us. We ask you, oh God, for truth. We ask you, O oh God, for the healing of your Holy Spirit. We ask you, O oh God, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, O oh God. Living Father, we thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, that life has torn us, but you will knit us back together with truth. In the name of Jesus, we declare your healing over your children. We declare your healing, oh God, and deliverance. Break the yoke, oh God, of colonialism and slavery in our soul. Set us free to be free, to be your children and yours alone to be entirely yours, reconciled, and happy to be ourselves in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much, Denzi, for coming and sharing and teaching us, you know, about um, self-rejection and really walking us through steps, practical steps of healing um friends listeners thank you so much for staying with us um until this point i truly pray that you know god spoke to your soul and that you feel as though god has given you some tools you know to begin to walk with him through your own healing and own self-rejection i know that i have learned some things for my own process and i'm thankful that god you know he is definitely a god that is in control he knows our lives and he is um pursuing us to ensure that we come to a place of healing and wholeness um listeners please continue to follow me or like my pages if you haven't on instagram that's journeying with joe and instagram that's j-o-u-r-n-e-y-i-n-g j sorry um j-o-u-r-n-e-y-i-n-g j-o and also joining with Joe on Facebook. 
um, joining with Joe One on Facebook. I would love to see and hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Life and Godliness with Joe. It was great having you. Thank you again, Denzi. It was also great having you. Bye. It was a pleasure. Bye.